Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello and welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. I I, I don't know if we've ever had an episode like this. This is the first time we have talked since the major changes to the Walt <laughs> Disney Company. My name is Matt. And I'm joined, as always, by Casey. Casey, I, I've been frothing <laughs> Matt, in the mouth Matt, to talk I, to you about this. The fact that you called for an emergency podcast tells us how big this news is. So before we even like get into the news itself, so welcome in. At this point, we are one week removed I went to bed super early on um, Sunday night and I wake up in the middle of the night, Monday, like Monday morning. And sure enough, there are four to five text messages or Facebook messages, plus like another two or three tags on Facebook. Chappick's out, Chappick's out, Iger's back, Iger's back, Chappick's out. You've posted, I've po-. like, I'm like, oh, like that just tells you how big of a deal. I mean, the, 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 the world exploded. Like for just a moment, my feed was not about politics. Not even, my, not even my Twitter feed, which is normally about politics. It was all about Iger because this crosses beyond just the Disney threshold. Oh yeah. This is, this is a huge, I mean, when you talk about the Walt Disney company, it is a top five company, maybe top 10 Easily. company. And to see that kind of leadership change instantaneously like that, that is insane. <laughs> it was just like, it was just like, hey, we're just going to run this press release on a Sunday night. That was it. I, to, to give you an idea of how big this was, I listened to a football podcast mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. that comes out Monday morning, okay. and 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 um, it's it's by a guy named Bill Simmons, and he runs the Ringer site, which the Ringer does, you know, pop culture. Yeah, I've, heard of the, I've heard of the Ringer, yeah, yeah. They started the football podcast by bringing in a special guest to do the news on Iger and JPEG. The the first 30 minutes of the, again, football podcast was saying how, Uh, how, how, like, mind-boggling this move is not so, just so the he, fact that chapek is out but that the guy who he who chapek replaced is back in yes well and here's the, here here's what we know so far and and i want to be very careful because there's a lot of like what do we want versus what do we hear there's a lot of news coming out of like wdw news today there's a lot of stuff coming out of the mickey blog then there's stuff for people who want particular things and you know obviously palace intrigue is a very much a thing but here's what we know for sure um we know that the board um actually let's take a step back we know that a lot of the top executives of the walt disney company we're growing increasingly concerned about the leadership that Bob was showing. And from what we have heard, I don't know what you've read, but from what I've read as early as this past summer, they started going to the board and saying, this, this isn't right. Something's not right here. The leadership's not working. The board of course, over the summer renewed Chappick's, um, contract for three years. And, and I mean, I, I remember we talked about that on the pod, I believe. Yeah. Um, just how like, okay, we're stuck with him for another three years. The fans have not been happy with Chappick for, for, for since his tenure began. Let's be honest. Say, and honestly, Parks fans, yeah, Parks fans knew him from the parks and were not happy with some of the changes he made at the parks, but he had Iger there, I think, stopping him in a lot of ways. That's not here nor there. Something happened, which is the 
the or the 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 quarterly earnings results came out uh, for third quarter, and they were not good. And I want to be very clear about something right now. It had nothing to do with the parks. We're, we're going to talk about parks probably in just a couple of minutes. It had to do with the fact that Disney Plus is continuing to lose money in this craziness. The the Walt Disney Company, while it made money last last quarter, it was one point five billion dollars off of its trajectory. Yeah. And when shareholders don't get what they think they're supposed to get, that's when things get real. And then apparently the CFO of the company went to the chairman of the board and said, we have got to get rid of Chappic. It's it's all him. And so apparently on not this last Friday night, but the Friday night before, a phone call was made to Iger. Um, I guess they had been talking, but like the decision was made. Iger accepted that Friday night. They didn't, from what I'm reading, they didn't tell Chappic literally until like five minutes before the press release went out. Like they fired him five minutes before the press release went out. It's just, it's just bonkers. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I've been hearing that the CFO was kind of the one that spearheaded it and that, um, but it was very much not hard to get people on her side. Um, in terms of Iger's return, I heard that like the Thursday prior, he was like meeting with investors, which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people thought was just kind of weird. Like, why is a former CEO meeting with investors about Disney? But, you know, Iger is such a big personality. They just kind of didn't yeah. think anything of it. And, and he's still got that, a lot of he's still got a lot of weight to throw around. I mean, oh, yeah. When, well, when and, talked, and that was kind of the listened. key. That was kind of the key of him coming back. You know, someone asked. Why, why would he do this? His legacy at Disney is already cemented. Absolutely. You know, why would he come back? Well, you know, some people are just wired to work. And we think that, you know, Iger is one of those people because, I mean, he was throwing around a presidential run for a while. He was. um, Ended up not doing that. I'm sure there was some like research or he just decided, no, 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 that's not what I want to do. And then the other, the other wrinkle that I heard as well, and this is what the thing I picked up for my sports podcasts is... Um, a lot of times, ultra rich people like this, the one thing that they like to do is own a team. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you, you know, a, an NBA or an NFL team. And, uh, w- well, it just so happens that one of those teams is up for sale right now, the Phoenix Suns, because the owner, Robert Sarver, um, you can read that whole saga, did some really not great things. Um, good good on the NBA for forcing him to sell. However, um, the the news you know place that broke the Sarver news was ESPN, which is a Disney company that was under Iger at the time. And so Robert Sarver is saying, I am not selling to anyone that is attached to Bob Iger's name. Mm-hmm. So kind of what the prevailing theory is, is that um, Iger's more than happy to come back into this because he's just wired to work and wants a new challenge. And now this has presented itself a new challenge. I also want to say too, though, while I think he is wired to work and this presents a new challenge and all that, Iger will go down as the number two best CEO in Disney's history. The number one only being Roy Disney. And I, even then, I, 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 I can't necessarily say that Roy was one of the best. He's just one of the original. So it's kind of hard to like, you know, put yeah. him up. But even against, even against Michael Eisner, like the two of them combined are, are, are the reason why Disney is where it's at right now. And, and I say that because <clears throat> I firmly believe that Bob Iger 
he's not just the CEO of Disney. He truly is a cast member. He gets it. Yeah, he gets I, it. I, I firmly believe that. And I know there's a lot of Iger haters out there. And I and I know we're going to go into a little bit of, okay, what could be here, I'm hoping. Um, but I, And I know there's a lot of people who criticize, you know, well, some of these decisions were made when Iger was there. Again, Iger has a lot of force and it has a lot of sway. And I'm not denying that a lot of this stuff was done under his under his um uh you know direction. But that's also not to say that Chapik didn't necessarily blow it while he was there. Chapik just didn't have the magic. Chapik was just the money guy. Iger is the money and magic guy. And while let, I let don't me... think every decision is going to get reversed, which we'll talk about, I do think Iger has a way of spinning it in such a way to where it makes sense. Before we get into that, I just want to hear. Here's the moment where Chapek lost me. He was doing an interview and talking about content. And he said, When the kids go to bed, adults don't want to watch animated movies and mm. animated things. And I went, What in the world are you talking about? Mm-hmm. That is an objectively wrong opinion. First of all, I know plenty of adults that after their kids go to bed, they stay up and watch Disney Disney animated movies. Let's take it out of the Disney realm. Animation domination on Fox is one of the most popular things that has been going Fam- on for years. Family Guy, American Dad, The Cleveland Show when it was on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's the longest running show on network TV? Oh, that would be The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, gosh, that's an animated show. I, Shows didn't, like even, Rick and I didn't even know he had, had even said that. That's crazy. What's even crazier to me is that is is the total antithesis of what the Walt Disney company and what Walt stood for. Walt, exactly. Walt, I mean, Walt's philosophy, and it's funny, it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about a little bit later, which is Walt's philosophy was make it entertaining for adults and kids will enjoy it too. Like that was exactly. his philosophy. You know, I think people think of the Walt Disney company as some kind of a kid company. No, it's not. It's an, it's a family company. It's an entertainment company. First and foremost, I didn't know he said that. That's yeah, my it mind. Was, that it, blows yeah, my mind. It, 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 I, I, that to me was, and I wonder if that was the moment that he lost a lot of other people. Cause like you said, that is the completely opposite. <laughs> I don't think there's any one moment where he lost everything. Yeah, I mean, I, there's there, a lot there of are, moments. <laughs> there are a series of blunders that he has made. Um, I think unfairly he did get saddled a little bit with some of the decisions that Iger made pre pandemic. Right. Yes. Um, I think the decision, um, uh, you know, I think I think the the Genie Plus was in the works long before Chappic. I do because they they were announced it prior to the pandemic. I do not believe that the Magical Express decision was an Iger decision. I believe that was a Chappic decision because that I, came that in twenty twenty one. I I do not believe that that was a Iger decision. I think I think one hundred percent. I don't think the not allow not giving people magic bands anymore was an Iger decision. I believe that was a Chappic decision. I believe. Um, not bringing the dining plan back has been a Chapic decision. The park reservation system that was born out of a necessity. And I think I'm actually in the minority here. In fact, I know I'm in the minority here. I like the park reservation system, but it has to be used right. The whole point behind the park reservation system was to limit the capacity in the parks. So you don't have to go and artificially inflate the costs of each day that you're visiting. Just stop allowing 50,000 people into Magic Kingdom and instead maybe take it down to 40,000 people in Magic Kingdom. And like what I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think what needs to happen here from a park side of things and and, and the, one of the biggest complaints is the experience is suffering. Right. Just 
realize there is a maximum cap of what you can get out of a day at any one of the parks, and that's the cap. And that's what you project to your your shareholders. Like it's not that it's not hard. Yeah, it's not hard. So I, so I guess what do you? I got ahead think, of my, I got ahead of myself. So yeah, so, what what do you think kind of rolls back here? So okay, so I think I just want to make sure we got everything done in terms of like what's going on here and why I think the board brought Iger back. I think we did. So yeah, I, I guess it's okay for us to kind of transition in that now. Um, first of all, the the board didn't bring him back because the parks were struggling. I, I think all of us parks fans need to recognize that there's a very good chance that Iger does nothing with the parks. Now it'd be silly for his legacy, but I think he was brought back to save the reputation of the company. Yeah, I I really do. I I just, they've lost so much goodwill. Iger, if, if, if I were Iger, I would keep the Genie Plus system in place, but I would restructure it. Let people pick the stuff 60 days out, 180 days out. Don't do it day of, right? I would maybe, and I would also fix the infrastructure of how it works in the Parks app. It's just, or in the app itself, it's just kind of silly. It, it doesn't, it doesn't make yeah. sense. It's not intuitive. That 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 would go a long way. I mean, even if you kept the price there, like, fine, you know, maybe bring it back down to what it was, 10 or 15 bucks, whatever. But you just leave it there. And just let it sit, and, and you and you. I I think even if he doesn't go all the way and bring back Fast Pass, or he could even go the other route and just completely eliminate Fast Pass and Genie Plus altogether, and it's just standby going forward. That could work. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I, I like what you said that it's not a parks thing Mm-mm. because I think that's what so many people think of <clears throat> the streaming in general. And this is like again back to the greater conversation. It, in general, companies are their streaming services are not doing well. No, I mean, and again, this goes beyond Disney. This is Peacock. This is um, this is Paramount Plus. These are all all these are not doing well because name your shocker. name your name your streaming services right now. What do you have? Um, we have Disney Plus, and the only reason we have Netflix is because we're getting it through T-Mobile. That's the only two you got. I mean, we have Amazon, but I don't consider okay, so that a three. streaming that's a, service. That's a streamer. That's a streamer. It, it is a streamer, but we use it. We had it before they had streaming. But you have, and but it you was, still have kept it, though. We, we still do a still have. Yes. I but, have Disney Plus, which I said I wasn't going to renew, but because I've got Hulu already, it just didn't make sense not to. I've got Disney Plus. I've got Hulu. I've got HBO Max. I only have Paramount because I want to watch Survivor because I don't have cable TV. When Survivor goes off, I cancel my Paramount. Yeah, and then Peacock, which I don't even pay for; it's just the free one. Yeah, that's it. Th- those, that's what I have. I don't have Netflix. I cut the cord on Netflix months ago because they've got nothing left. It's just it's crap. The problem with all these streaming services, Disney excluded, is that they have to pay top dollar to get this content right now. Like that's the problem. Is like I know uh, uh, Warner Brothers and Discovery are supposed to be merging, and it, 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 it's just it's been bungled from the start, right? But yeah. I say Disney excluded because Disney has lucked out with this content. Disney had this back library of content that they have preserved for decades in the vault, right? But one would argue that by going and rolling out this streaming service, they cut off a revenue stream that they had, which was the release of the Blu-rays, the DVDs, the all that home video content that they that, that revenue is gone. 
Well, and the paying of the rights. You know, Netflix was paying them the rights Correct. for yes. their movies to be able to stream, whereas now you're you're expecting that subscribers are going to make that up. So yeah. this this is a greater problem that the streaming streaming is. It, it's not as profitable, as, especially when you have to have the quality so high. I mean, again, I just got done watching Andor. That's four movies. Yes. It's four well, that's the thing movies. is that that's the thing is that it's it's not just that you're running the streaming service, but now you're also having to produce the content, and so you've got this other expense out there. So again, you've lost all this revenue, right? You've lost all this revenue. You're now putting out all this expense to be able to produce this content to make your streaming service superior. And it is, and you're charging the the viewer um, $120, $150 a year. Yeah. Like that. Think and, of how much you, money I, think you I and saved. I, I think you and I have talked about this on this pod before. How do streamers make money? It, they don't. There's no way to make money on this. How do you, how, well, at least, how do you calculate? I mean, let's look at, let's look at an example. Disenchanted just came out. Yep. Enchanted made $340 million at the box office. This is now a straight to Disney plus thing. How, how do you equate whether this sequel did better or worse than the first one? So and it would take, okay. In order to make the $340 million that enchanted made at the box office it would pay, take 2.3 million subscribers signed up for disney plus to pay for that yeah that's one movie that's one movie i don't even know do we have do we know what the um do we know what the budget for disenchanted was i, I have no idea i'm, I'm gonna look I mean... I'm, I'm just curious i because because that that's where like that's one movie and like it, let me see here. This and, and that's one film. movie. Whereas look at these shows. Like, I mean, the Mandalorian is movie quality. These Marvel shows are movie quality with all the CGI and all the big name actors. And, um, and not to mention all the little stuff that they put out. It's, it's, the amount of money that they're spending to get people to subscribe. And I get it on one end where it's like, okay, if I pay a ticket to go see a movie, that's a one-time cost and I'm done. Whereas this is an ongoing, I'm paying yearly, I'm paying all the time, but still that's not, it's not making up the ground. Yeah. I can't, there's no budget listed, so I can't find it at the moment, but you know, let's just assume for a minute, disenchanted costed up, you know, cost a hundred million, 120 million to make, which isn't necessarily out of the realm of possibility. Right. So, okay. You got that amount of money going out as, as expense, right? If you want to, you're not going to, you're not technically making money. All you're trying to do is just bring people to the service. I, I, it's almost one of those things where it's like it's become this necessary evil for these large companies to be able to do. I was listening to um, Morning Joe. He's a he's a it's a show I listen to on MSNBC in the morning and uh, Joe Scarborough and he was just talking about that NBC Universal, which is the company that owns his his network. They kind of they have Peacock, but they really haven't gone after it. Like it's there, and they have a lot of content that was just previously there, but they're not producing a lot of content no. just for Peacock. What they've done, their 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 particular business models a little bit different in that the content they're producing is for network TV because NBC still continues to be a dominant player on network TV. Mm-hmm. And then it finds itself instead of going to somebody else's streaming service like Hulu, it goes over to Peacock. 
and you've got to get it there if you want to watch it. And so, and it's cheap. I, 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 I think I said I have the free version. I actually, I got to fix that. I, I have the $5 a month version still has ads, but it gives me what I want. Cause Nate's on Chicago Med. He's a background actor. We want to watch that. Yeah. We go, we, we subscribe to Peacock's the only reason why we have Peacock, right? Their model's different. They're not producing all this crazy content just to go to Peacock to get people go there. Yet Peacock's got, you know, all the things that you might want to watch from NBC Universal. Yeah. So I think the question kind of becomes with Iger is, you know, the great acquirer and merger that he is. The two rumors that I've heard is Apple. merging with Netflix or Apple buying buying Disney, and I, I don't want to like this is all again you know this is all the that's all speculation. Who knows what Iger's going to do? But those are just the two prevailing rumors that I have heard that some people are wondering whether Iger will pursue yeah. that. Well, he's he's going to have his town hall meeting tomorrow. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, it would have been yesterday. It would have been yeah. on Monday the 28th. So those of you listening, you might have more information than, than we do right now speculating. I think the only thing that we do know for sure is that Iger was not happy with the way things were going, which is evidenced by the fact that uh, Chapik's right-hand man was was let go immediately, and then they just let go of his chief of staff or his previous chief well, of staff. And well. they uh, took down the sign that referenced <laughs> him, in the, which I think is yes. just I, – I, someone tweeted, said, like, I don't think anything has ever happened so fast in the Disney company as that. <laughs> uh, I think other than the fact that he – I mean, he literally listed himself as CEO of the Walt Disney Company within minutes of the announcement on Twitter. Like, it, it popped up on Twitter. and So I, I agree. I, I think – I he, structurally what he's being brought in for i think there i think he's got to look at how do we write the ship in terms of our public pr problem that's number one i think number two is financially okay what are we doing with disney plus like disney plus movies in general um i i think we can honestly say and matt you might disagree with me on this because i know you've liked a lot of the content that's been put out but numbers speak for themselves the movies that have been put out recently within the last several years by the Walt Disney company have not performed well. They just, they haven't, they, they haven't I performed think... well. And some, and some of that is outside things, but I, it's, some of it is that they're, hmm, how do I say this? It, 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 hmm. Some of it is, is, you know, again, still post pandemic things, but also some of it is your streaming service. Yes, but I didn't to... go see Lightyear. Why? Because it was going to be on Disney Plus in a month, and I'll just I, watch I, it. I, I and I agree, and and I think that I, I, we were talking about Strange World before we got on, and and I went to see that over the Thanksgiving weekend. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. It was an absolutely phenomenal movie, but it has grossed like ten million dollars. Like, yeah, it was supposed to gross like forty million, yeah. and that's because people will just oh, I'll just watch it on Disney Plus. Yeah, I'll so, on so Plus. this is the problem: is that Disney Plus, which is supposed to be this money maker, isn't making money yet. All your your IP is moving over to Disney Plus. But what I was trying to get at is, I feel like we are in another middle eighties or early two thousands that where the content that we're pushing out isn't isn't the, the level of content that people want to see. Marvel excluded. And even Marvel is um, maybe not where it needs to be right now. I, there, there's all there's long been dips 
in the way that people entertain themselves at the movies, not just from Disney, but across the board. Long mm-hmm. been trends of moviegoers, you know, what they want to see or how they want to see it. I do believe that streaming is that next level of where people want to be entertained. The problem we're going to have in that every movie studio is going to have is how do you monetize it? How do you monetize it? Right. Here's the thing. I don't think it's that hard because, you know, they did the $30 thing, but what's to stop them of saying, all right, it's not $30, but it's $10 to, for an at home premiere. And, you know, so you, you don't want to go to the theater? Great. It's, you know, $10 or I, I, I mean, I, I, at least that would be something. But, but I agree it's something, but I think they have to think about, I think there's more to it than just the back end of what are you getting from the sale? I think there's the front end up front, which is the money that goes into paying the talent. I, I think we're at a crossroads right now where the amount of money you we have to pay out to the celebrities to the the actors to the talent that we're getting for this these movies and i think what happened with um black widow who um scarlett johansson what happened with scarlett johansson and with black widow and that whole thing shined a spotlight on movie contracts moving forward in terms of what is paid out and what amount of money you are paid and what I'm thinking about right now is um, the new movie that just came out on uh, Apple, Apple TV, um, Spirited. Um, oh, yes. It's got Ryan Reynolds in it, and it's got uh, Will Ferrell. We watched that over the weekend. I don't, okay. have Apple, I don't have Apple TV, but my mother-in-law does. It was a phenomenal movie. Like, it was probably seemingly one of the best movies I've ever seen. It, it is. I, I, I really wish I could get my hands on it. I'm not going to go buy Apple TV to get it. Oh, no, 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 but, I hear you. but if I could figure out a way to stream it every Christmas, it's one of those movies I would watch every Christmas. It is so good. It is. It's like, okay. the greatest, it's like the greatest show. It's a movie that Walt Disney would have produced years ago. Okay. Disney I, didn't have it. So, yeah. but my, my, my thing is I'm curious to know, what did Will Ferrell make from that? What did Ryan Reynolds make from that? How much was the budget cost? And ultimately, how does that production make money? And I get that people don't go into, um, you know, uh, uh, anim- movie creators and movie producers don't, in, in, in directors, sometimes it's less about making them, the, the directors, it's less about making the money. It's the producers, the one who wants to make the money, right? There's the creativity. There's a lot of independent movie houses out there. And maybe that's the era we're moving into is that these independent studios are going to be able to kind of fill this gap for us with entertainment in the era of the big blockbuster is going to go away for a little while. Yeah. Well, cause I mean, think about those early nineties films, they had like one star. I mean, th- think about think about um, Aladdin. Robin Williams was the big star. Yep, he was the draw. What other voice act? It wasn't like, I mean, now it's like this name and 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 all of these names. Whereas, you know, you look at uh, uh, Little Mermaid. The the I mean, Jodie Benson was not a big name actress that they no. got. They brought in to play Ariel. 
um, you know, the um, Lion King and Aladdin. And I mean, there's there's people that are even Hercules to a point like yeah. has a couple of I mean, would you consider James Woods a big name actor? Would you consider Danny DeVito like a? I mean, more now he is. But back then, not not as much back then. He was pretty popular I mean, because of, you know, Batman and everything. But yeah, but but it, but, but my, my, I, I get your point. Yeah. Like it is. It's it, again. I just. I wonder if the era of the blockbuster is over. And at at this point, Iger has got a challenge. So I, we were on the point of what is Iger going to do? So what I was going to get at was that's the second thing he's got to figure out. So first is the reputation. The second is the financials of where does, where does Disney plus fit into all this? The third is he's got a two-year contract. What happens next? Who is, the person that's going to come up after him. And if he does not, he, he's got to start grooming that person. It's so funny. Yeah. They're using that word groom too. Cause everyone's like Disney grooms kids. It <laughs> makes me, no, <laughs> but they've got, he's got to start bringing that person up. He's got, you know, there's rumors, you know, could it be Josh tomorrow? Could it be Tom Staggs? Right. I, I don't know. And again, if, if this, this possibility of Apple comes true, there's there's this talk that he would be the final CEO in Disney's history. Yeah. So that's that's the other thing is and and maybe that's what he wants. Maybe that's where they want to go with this. I don't know how I feel about Apple joining joining with yeah, Disney. I'm, I'm not sure I'm, how I feel about that. I I also don't see that going through. I, Why do I you think, say that? I think all the antitrust people are gonna make big noise and I I, I think a lot of people like to speculate and because um, it creates news, it creates clicks. I, I'm definitely more on the, I think Iger just wants to get the Disney company not going to the toilets and um, wouldn't be surprised if he acquires something else. But I, I, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm not as worried about that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm not entertaining that idea quite yet. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, what, what do you think he's going to do? Anything, anything beyond what I, I said? My money, my money is on, he's going to go after Netflix that yeah. they're the kings of streaming. But what has Netflix been trying to do for years? Trying to get their own original IP. And they only one that the only one that has stuck is Stranger Things. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he can get a deal merger with them. Uh, hold on. I wanted to agree with that. They, 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 they were doing a lot of great stuff. I mean, House of Cards was the original. House of Cards stuck before anything. Orange is the New Black was the other one that was that was hugely on there. They have had a lot of trouble recently because their problem is they swung too far in the other direction of, of, of we produced the content and laid off of content that other people had. The problem is, is it then became flooded. The market became flooded with it. Yeah. But regardless, I I think, I think he tries to find that marriage. um, And I think from a park standpoint, I think he, repackages what Chapek has done so it is more pal- palatable. Because that's the thing. I don't think that people really care about the price hikes. It's that the experience of the vacation is bad. People can stomach paying more. What they can't stomach is paying more for something that sucks. I agree. I'll pay more if it's great. And so I, I think I, I'm, I'm not thinking he's going to roll back a bunch of stuff, but I think he's going to repackage a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I think, again, this goes back to what I was saying of he has to figure out a way to 
to turn around the reputation of the company. And I think I think there's a couple things right up front that he could do immediately for parks wise that'll build goodwill. Start start including magic bands again. Just give people yeah. saying on property prop, uh, on property magic bands again. And number two, bring back Magical Express. Even if you yep. even if you rate hike the hotels by sixteen dollars per person per you know it's sixteen dollars mirrors right now so sixteen dollars one way mirrors connect family of four okay it's an extra hundred bucks so even if you rate hike it ten dollars extra a night or something you no one would ever know you did it bring it back bring yep. it back those two things magic bands and um and, and magical he could do Express. that retire and we'd be like bob Iger like, is the greatest CEO ever if you want to add a third bring back dining plan Bring back the dining plan. People, people would, and again, none of that stuff's going to cost you any money. Okay, the magic bands might. The magic bands might cost you, but you're, you're, those are being made in China. Again, bring bring a rate cost up a little bit, a little bit more on the hotels. Yeah, I think the fourth thing that they could do that would buy a ton of goodwill, bring back the annual pass. Bring it back. Oh yeah, bring it because I'm ready to buy. I'm ready to buy the annual pass. Is it the second it comes back? For Walt Disney World, I am buying an annual pass for myself. It's already it's been decided. I am simply waiting for them to do it. Yeah, and I'm going and full out. I'm going probably not no alone. blackouts. I'm going no blackouts. I just I want to be able to I want to be able to catch a flight down there, catch a cheap hotel, and go to Disney whenever I want. That that's what I want. Like if you were to those things would cost you nothing. Then if you want to dig a little bit deeper into the problems you're having of park capacity. If you're going to keep the reservation system around, use it the right way. Use it the right way. Tell you know, let people pick which park they're going to be in. And maybe park hopping starts after noon instead of two. I think that could be a really beneficial win as well. Yeah. You know, those are all small little things where you again, if you really want to limit the capacity in the parks, use the reservation system instead. Those would be huge for turning the reputation of the company around. And again, just do it in a way that is simple for guests just make it simple Mm -hmm. i don't think people hate the reservation system it's it's how complicated it is all right so i think this is a fun segue so (laughs) our original intent of today's episode was to 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 get to a a viewer um question which was to to review a a walt disney short called lambert the sheepish lion lion which Um, i had never seen i had never seen either this came in on our facebook um, uh, messenger came in from a request. Um, let me see who that was from real quick. I just want to make sure we give them credit. Hold on. Um, do, 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 do. It's pulling up now. Let's just vamp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right. I think it's coming up right now. This came in from um, uh, Nick Opaleski one of our listeners and he said, Shout out hey, to you, Nick. thanks for suggesting. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. He says, Hey, can you review something on Disney plus for me? I said, sure. What is it? And he said, Walt Disney and the sheepest lion. I'm requesting you for to review this. Um, and then he gave me the Wikipedia page as well. And I said, all right, I'll talk it over with Matt. And that's where we're at now. Obviously we're not going to spend the entire time on this. Cause it's, it's a really small short. And now here's three hours on Lambert, the sheepish <laughs> lion. <laughs> But I, I definitely do want to cover it. So so you watched it for the first time. I watched it for the first time. Real quick, what are your initial thoughts of the movie? Or of the it's short? really cute. Like, it's an eight-minute short. Um, so the, the whole thing is Lambert is this lion who gets uh, taken in by a uh, a sheep as as because she doesn't have a baby that the stork brings. 
Mm-hmm. And so he's raised as a sheep. And of course, it's, you know, it's the classic, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer type mm-hmm. story where the rest of the sheep are like, ha ha, you can't do sheep things. And then all of a sudden, a wolf comes one day and Lambert, the sheepish lion, of course, scares the wolf away. And everybody is, um, you know, now like, woohoo, Lambert. Um, yeah. And it's got a fun song in it. And uh uh, yeah, you know, well, and, and to your right. point, I, I had never seen it before. So a little bit of details about this. It was um, released in 1952, February 8th, 1952. I, it was distributed by RKO Radio Pictures. Again, RKO was um, a distributor for, for, for Walt Disney. Uh, production produced by the Walt Disney Company. It runs 8 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, it definitely, when you were looking at the... Um, um, at the uh, at the uh, credits, did you catch the credits of who was responsible for this? I didn't. Yeah, so you'll recognize some of the names. Yale Gracie was one of them. Oh, and see, I recognized Yale... the voice actor, but I didn't recognize it. Yale Gracie. Okay. Yeah, Yale Gracie, and he. If you remember, Yale Gracie had a had a um, had a huge huge. Um, uh, re- he was responsible for Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion attractions. In fact, yeah. Master, Master Gracie, uh, that's where that comes from. Um, anyway, so he was involved with it. Uh, Don Lusk was involved with it. He was also, um, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the five old, nine old men, maybe. Um, he was hired by the Walt Disney Company in 1933. He was 20 at the time. He was responsible for Ferdinand the Bull. He also worked on Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Bambi, Song of the South, Melody Time, So Dear to My Heart, The Adventure Bods of I- Adventures of I- Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, and 101 Dalmatians. Oof. Yeah, so I take that back. He was not one of the nine old men, but he had a huge impact on some of the, the stuff that we we, um, we we see from Disney and we think about from Disney. I think this is important, and the reason why I think it's important to talk about this is because this is where the roots of the Walt Disney Company come from. And I think where we can connect everything we just talked about with Bob Iger and Bob Chapek and where the Walt Disney Company is at at 100 years old or will be 100 years old next year, the Walt Disney Company has had to reinvent itself year after year after decade, after decade, after generation. The Walt Disney Company of today is clearly not the Walt Disney Company of 1923. No. It's not. No. It's not. The Walt Disney Company of today is clearly not even the Walt Disney Company of 1939 when Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs came out, or 37, or whichever year that was. 37. It's not the, 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 the Walt Disney Company of 1937 when Seven Dwarfs came out. The Walt Disney Company has been on the forefront of technology and creativity and imagination for the last century well and and that's the key where that was you know obviously the walt disney company starts with short cartoons like this this is very much the reason that when you watch something like this and i remember feeling this it just reeks it reeks is not the right connotation it 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 oozes disney like it just mm-hmm. you watch this and you're like, oh my gosh, this is Disney. If you didn't tell me that Lambert the Sheepish Lion was Disney, I would have been like, This this is Disney, right? Clearly Disney, yes. It's clearly Disney. Um and and like you said, you know, a big part of this was innovation and and Walt encouraged his animators to innovate, and that's what made these short cartoons, the silly symphonies. I mean, that skeleton one 
that we see every Halloween had a whole merch line because uh, people are still connecting with it. Obviously, I mean, Steamboat Willie and Mickey Mouse grew out of these shorts. Same with all of these other characters. They grew out of these shorts. In in the early years of the Walt Disney Company, post-Snow White, when World War II broke out, the, 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 the films that came out between like 1940 and 1950 are all of just collections of short films. Correct. Um, like this is, this is really, if you want to get the roots of the Walt Disney company, it is short films and, yeah. and Lambert, the sheepish lion very much just feels like a classic Disney type thing. One of the things I, I had mentioned a couple minutes ago was was Disney's Nine Old Men, and you you've heard of these, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. so so Disney's Nine Old Men, they were the Walt Disney Productions Company's core animators, and they created everything that we can think of that the most famous animated cartoons, everything from Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, all the way up through the Rescuers in 1977, and wow. everything in between. Right. So when you think of, of that Snow White, I mean, that is 40 years of history. Um, just to, for clear, clarity here, Les Clark, Mark Davis, Ollie Johnston, uh, Mitt Call, Ward Kimball, Eric Larson, John Loonsberry, uh, Wooly Reitherman, and Frank Thomas. And oh, by the way, if these names sound familiar to you, not only are they in the crawls of most of the movies we've ever watched, or the shorts in a lot of these cases, all you got to do is take a walk down Main Street USA at Walt Disney World or Disneyland and look up at the windows and you'll see them there as well. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned this idea of if you if you were to watch this short without knowing it was a Disney film, you would know it's a Disney film. That is because these nine men and then later to be women and, and multiple other people, but these nine people at the time and all the people who they were surrounded with, they came up with the 12 basic principles of animation. And um, they were written in a book by Ollie Johnston and Frank Thomas, again, two of the nine old men in 1981, called The Illusion of Life, Disney Animation, where they go through the 12 principles that Disney has learned. One of the things I'm so happy that we're I'm so happy we're having this conversation about Walt Disney Shorts because it is the origination story of the Walt Disney Company. And Nick, thank you again for just talking to us about this and saying, hey, review this movie. The thing is, is the, the things that we take for granted today, when I watched this movie, I was able to say, oh, that that's the idea of, you know, squashing and stretching. You know, when you when you see um, the way, you know, he, you know, he, he jumped or whatever or the, one, all the 12 principles, squash and stretch anticipation, uh, staging, straight ahead action and pose to pose, follow through and overlapping action, slow in and slow out, arc, secondary action, timing, exaggeration, solid drawing, and appeal are the 12 things. And I encourage any of you just to look it up, the 12 basic principles of animation. My point is, we don't get to a Frozen 2. We don't get to a Toy Story 4. We don't get to a Strange World. We don't get to an Encanto without shorts like this. Mm -hmm. This is one of the fundamental building blocks that has gotten us not only to Disney featured films, but has gotten us to things like Shrek, right? Or um, 
uh, trolls or uh, the minions, right? Uh, Despicable Me. This is what has gotten us here because at some point, Walt Disney in the 1920s said to himself, I'm going to make pictures move. Yeah, was there animation before Walt Disney? Yeah, there was, but he perfected it. Yeah. And this is one stepping stone in a much longer history. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's and that's cool in watching any short because I kind of got, you know, this kind of sparked a little bit more. And I started going back and watching some of the Mickey shorts mm-hmm. and, you know, how how Mickey has evolved and, and kind of seeing his origins. Um, I do want to I, I don't want to let this go. I, I, I found this very interesting as a Disney Universe synergy that the stork that brings, uh, uh, you know, the babies is canonically the same stork from Dumbo. Because oh. he is voiced by the same person, and that Interesting. is um, Sterling Holloway. Yeah, Sterling Holloway. Who, I saw that. Yeah, who um, who you will recognize as the voice of Cheshire Cat. Yep. Um, he also was um, Winnie the Pooh, the original yes. Winnie the Pooh before, before, uh, Jim, before Cummings Jim Cummings took over. So, but I love that that canonically, it's the same stork. From Dumbo, and and incidentally enough, Sterling Holloway also voices the stork in Dumbo, so it it made sense. But that's just kind of a fun. Think of how mind blowing like that must have been for someone watching this that had seen Dumbo. Because again, this release is in 1952. Dumbo was 1940s, yeah. So. 10 years from now, like the mind blowing connection that somebody made of like, that's the same stork from that movie. And like, <laughs> like it's the early MCU. It's an Easter egg is what it was. Yeah. They didn't even know what an Easter egg was at the time. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, I, it's, I think what's I, I want to say that Lambert got an ornament one year, like this year or last year that I see a Lambert ornament. Really? Okay. Hang on. Let me, well, confirm it's this. 1952. So it would have been, if they were going to go with like, a legacy ornament it would have been this year for 70 years yeah, let me let me let me look this up well while while, you, while he's looking that yeah, up something to 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 um I, I just think it's important to talk about and we can kind of keep going on this disney never abandoned shorts i mean they have continued doing shorts i mean up until the point that we get them in front of movies Still to this day, I was expecting to see one in front of Strange World over the weekend, which I didn't. But but to this day, they're still out there. I mean, and some of them like I love you, you know, that like that song is still out there from from the, um, you know, from the the I love you short. Right. And then uh, there there's has kind of taken on the short film. Yeah. genre more than what Disney has. Think about frozen though. Frozen in between frozen one and frozen two, you had frozen fever, which was a a 20 minute short. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, that they use that in front of the live action Cinderella to get people to go see the live action Cinderella because they knew it was going to get people. I think of the um, the bow short, the one where the mom yeah. makes a son out of the dough. That one yeah. still resonates with me because I miss my mom. Right? She's she's in she's in Michigan. Um, or the boring, boring and glum one where the guy's working in the the office building yeah. and he throws the paper. I have got a boring, boring and glum coffee mug, a BBG coffee mug in my cupboard still that I bought on clearance because no one remembered what it was. But I was like, that's from that one short, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just shorts continue to play a part. And the thing is, this goes back to something we were talking about earlier. This is something that Bob Chappick would never understand. 
shorts aren't going to make you any money. They aren't. They're for creative purposes only. Um, there's a short that just came out a couple years ago. They released during Pride Month about a, a, a son who was afraid to tell his parents about his, his boyfriend. And, and he was outed basically by his dog and everything was okay at the end of it. But that was a very important story to tell for a very important, for a marginalized community community that um, for so long has not had representation. Right. And so that's what shorts are able to do. They're able to, um, they're able to tell stories in a short form format that don't require blockbuster, um, you know, blockbuster funds, blockbuster budgets. Yeah. All right, you were looking something up. What was it? Yeah, the Lambert the Sheavers line. So they did a whole line of these ornaments. Uh, 2016. Okay. So you can you can no longer buy one, but it does exist. Interesting. Um, it's funny you remember that. I I want to say because I remember I remember seeing it on I think it was DisneyStore.com at that point. Uh huh. Um, DisneyStore.com so long ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before uh, the, you, know, you know, if you go to DisneyStore.com, it still takes you to Shop Disney. Yeah, but it's yeah, not yeah, all yeah. DisneyStore.com. <laughs> now it's Shop anymore. Disney. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, yeah, they did a whole line of. I think they did like a Johnny Appleseed one, and you know, all those shorts from that kind of time period. But yeah, it's so. You know they will they will bring this stuff out every so often as like a nod to they like the, again the Walt Disney Company recognizes that these shorts played a powerful part of building this company, and I love that they continue to add nods to it. again. I don't need a whole Lambert universe. I don't. I'm no, not advocating no. for more <laughs> Lambert content, um, but need more cowbell, more Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I just. I, I, I like that this is here. I like that what I like that Disney can look back every so often and bring it into the forefront. It, it just is. It, it it reminds me of what what the Walt Disney Company started as. And, and I think this this is one of the things that Disney Plus. It's a utility that Disney Plus has, and that the Walt Disney Company has. It's unique to the Walt Disney Company is that you can put your two daughters who are of this age in front of these shorts. And they will be just as entertained as if you were to put them in front of the big Frozens or Moanas of the world. They, Isn't that you crazy? Probably, but, you, but you could. You could put them in front of this and watch an animated film that was produced 70-some years ago. And they would be just as entertained. Yeah. It, and it, that's, the that's lessons nuts. are there. The, mor- the morality, the teachings, the lessons that these things are meant to teach, which is, in this case, acceptance. And that we all have our own unique abilities and we all have... Um, we all have things, you know, we're all protective of family and how important family, like everything that this, this short was meant to teach us, they would get from that, you know, it, 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 and it's entertaining too. It's absolutely yeah. entertaining. Got a fun and, song. And, and by the way, Bob Chapek, adults like it too. Yeah. <laughs> like adults could yeah. enjoy that too. I watched that on my own, you know, at six o'clock in the afternoon one day, there weren't any, there wasn't a kid around at all. Right? Yeah. Shocker. You enjoyed something animated? Oh my goodness. Go figure. Who would have thunk it? Who oh, would have thunk only, it? Only the last 80 years of of data. Yeah. So, so, you know, as we kind of wrap this up, um, shorts will be around. This is this is their bread and butter. But I think the the and I'm so glad it's funny how this kind of just merged together into one episode where it makes sense. It's Almost like we planned it, but we didn't. <laughs> we did not plan it. We're not that smart. Um 
what you know disney i i got a chance again to see strange world we'll, hopefully we'll get a chance to cover that here um disney introduced its brand new opening crawl with the disney 100 100 years of magic or imagination or whatever at the bottom um which is awesome what does the next 100 look like because sh- it's gone from shorts to animated feature length films to live action feature length films to themed entertainment in the form of Disneyland, to uh, vacation destination, to synergy, to to network television, to sports, to streaming, to virtual, to video games. What is that next frontier that Disney is going to bring us into? Because that that to me is what a Bob Iger needs to figure out. That is, if Bob Iger is just meant to stabilize and right the ship. What does his successor, what is on his radar? You know, and it's, you can't acquisition your way out of this one because yeah, the acquisitions were great and it's made them a behemoth, but now Disney has to get in the back in the business of creativity and imagination. And that's why I'm so happy that when he, he wrote that letter to everyone, you know, saying that this is what we're we're the core. We're going to put the decisions back in the hands of the creatives, not the money makers. That's what Tyrion. I'm thinking about this. That's what gives me hope about where we're headed, because, you know, frankly put, I mean, will Disney? What could Disney have been around forever? Maybe, but maybe not. I mean, bigger companies have fallen. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of companies that I think a lot of people thought were going to be staples for years to come that no longer exist. Yeah, I mean, bigger companies have fallen, man. They have. So, anything else you want to say before we get out of here, sir? No, I think that's about it. I think it's closing time. It is closing time. All right. So, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on sorcerernetwork.com. Uh, that's our website. All of our all of our shows, uh, Matt's Mistress Podcast is continued on display is there. Um, you can learn about the pooping log. <laughs> pooping log. <laughs> I yeah. was I was listening to that last week. I was like, oh my god. Um, you can um, also find us on Facebook. Facebook. Dot, uh, just just search um, Beers and Ears podcast. Just search Beers and Ears podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears nineteen twenty eight. You can email us at Beers and Ears nineteen twenty eight at gmail Don't think you were going to get away from the podcast without me telling you that. Hey, I am a travel agent. Uh, no, I'm not going to bore you with that one. I know you guys know that at this point. Here's the thing: you guys want to travel somewhere? Um, it doesn't have to be Disney. You want to travel anywhere? Let me know, and I can help you with that. Um, even if it's just to get tickets, just to get regular tickets and get your reservations done, I can help you with that too. So, um, find me on facebook.com slash magical Casey, or just again, sorcerernetwork.com. You can fill out the initial interest form. Um, uh, yeah, let us know how we're doing. Uh, don't forget to rate and review us five stars, five stars, right, Matt? Five stars, five stars. You betcha. Um, that helps other people find us in their feeds. Um, yeah, I just thank you guys. I hope you all had an amazing Thanksgiving. We're we're heading into the holiday season. I think we got a couple of holiday episodes. Yeah, we got some a couple up. of holidays. We're not we're not gonna like go aggressive with the holidays. We got some no. we got some stuff we got to do. Have you been watching the Santa Clauses? I have not. I've, I've been oh. waiting to binge a little bit. Okay, I, I'm into episode three. Um, bring your tissue. Bring 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 your tissue. You oh man! Oh man! Yes, uh, especially episode one. Within the first ten minutes, you're gonna cry. Oh my so, gosh! Oh. Yeah, it's it, it, it is it is definitely a, a heart a heart tugger. So, um, okay, Matt, uh, let's raise our glasses this episode has been on us we'll see you next time everybody bye everybody
Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast. Thank <laughs> you.